Hello, everyone, and hi to my colleague, our Quebec correspondent, Alexa Lavoie. I'm Chmeri Ugolini, and you're joining us on the Rebel News Daily live stream. So, of course, today is Thursday, September 8th. So crazy to even think that we're already into September. And I know if you're doing the school thing, kids are back to school, and hopefully that's all going well and everyone is enjoying real normalcy as they go, you know, especially for the children as they head into that after two years of this perpetual state of emergency and lockdown and mandates that these poor children have been at the helm of dealing with for the last two years. Um, so if you're joining us on YouTube, we want to, from the onset, just be very clear that if our talks get into the nitty gritty and we start to question some of the COVID science or have other criticisms, then sometimes we have to get off of the YouTube platform and you can join us on other uh, the other platforms we've listed on the screen below there. So Rumble, Odyssey and Getter. And there you can also give us chats. So super chats um, or depending on the platform, they're called different things. But by giving a small monetary donation, you can engage directly with us and we will read and or show your chat on screen and then provide commentary or just highlight what you have said there. And it's also a way to not only support our work, but also to engage with us and let us know some topics that maybe are important to you or get our feedback on something, um, or you know, we can investigate a full-blown a full blown report. So I think that covers our little intro to our live stream where we will provide some commentary of the day. Alexa, how are you doing over there in Quebec? I'm pretty good, really busy, as probably you too. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's just a snowball effect. You think that, oh, today might be a quiet day or the afternoon doesn't look so bad. And then you check your email and no. it's just like <laughs> an explosion of people have reached out to you. So we have a pretty busy, busy um, live stream jam packed with some great content. We're going to talk about some of our elected officials and what they're doing politically um, and we're going to, like I mentioned, save some of the COVID-related stuff to the end, but we have some weird climate change afflictions that are affecting children and some suspicions there that, of course, are never about the novel injections that we've rolled out indiscriminately on every person in our society in Canada um, and arguably many places around the world. But first and foremost, we <laughs> I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it looks like Justin Trudeau isn't going away anytime soon. So he here in this uh, Toronto Star article, he tells cabinet that he's sticking around as leader for the next election, much to many of our dismay. Um, he, there was a quote in here that I wanted to reference. Let me just do a quick uh, search. So it's about halfway down for the, for the editors there on the back end. Um, two sources said that Trudeau's declaration to his cabinet members came in the context of framing the coming months as a time when Canadians are facing troubled times, right? We know that we have unprecedented inflation and uh, the banks doing their, ta their, their hikes, their interest hikes. Um, so as a time when Canadians are facing troubled times in the face of economic and global headwinds and urging them to work hard. My goodness, I can't even believe they use the term work hard because if we look at Justin Trudeau's track record, right, he is like the person that takes the most vacation days out of 
anyone I know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we get what, you know, if you're on a salary, you get what, two, maybe three weeks of paid vacation. Um, but our dear leader, fearless leader, Justin Trudeau, um, in 2019, he took an astounding number of vacation days. And then in, in 2021, we'll just pull up a small article from our former colleague, Kian Bexty, that shows that he took 78 personal days in 2021. I mean, that is over two months of vacation time for someone who's even his scheduled days sometimes are just like an afternoon of photo ops at this farm with my family or um, pandering to my my following or attending my $1,000 volunteer you know, dinners and galas. I mean, what, how, the, the, the fortitude to try to tell Canadians that they need to work hard when this is our leader taking 78 personal days in 2021. And, and I'd love to see what he's taken so far this year in 2022. I mean, we know that when the convoy hit Ottawa, he took like, he was silent for four days and took a personal day on the very first day. I, Alexa, I what do you make of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the hypocrisy though, right? It's always the hypocrisy of the bureaucracy. I just, I've coined that little term now. That's my thing. Pointing out the hypocrisy of the bureaucracy, telling Canadians to work hard while you take over two months of vacation time in a calendar year as the leader of a country. And, and in 2019, uh, you saw like True North report that it took 91 days. So that is three months. <laughs> that's a lot. And there was some allegations too, you know, I haven't been able to substantiate it, but in 2020, so during peak COVID hysteria and pandemic pandemonium, um, there was one claim that he took approximately 139 days of vacation. And it, that is just mind boggling to me. But I guess when you've had COVID like three times, but you're four times vaxxed, I guess then you have to take six days in combination with vacation days. I, I just <laughs> find it so obtuse that he will tell Canadians to work hard while he takes literally months worth of vacation on our dime, right? Canadians are working yeah. hard, but we have to fund his vacation days at the same time. Mm -hmm. But, you Makes know, like, it's not the most hard worker like that I saw so far, because same if he's taking his personal day off, when he traveled to Davos or when he traveled to all these countries, this is not work. This is like actually probably fun for him and just like ch gathering with like the people, like other elite and people and eating like nice food and and like enjoying like the, the place where he's going. But it's for work, but it's not pretty for work. <laughs> yeah, it, well, exactly. And I think that there was one live stream where we were going to discuss it, but we just didn't quite get to it. But when Trudeau takes these private flights, and again, maybe our producers in the back there can pull the the, the amount of alcohol that his cabinet Ooh. and the journalists that you know accompany him on these little vacation trips, work work related trips, consume on these private jet flights. The amount, the monetary uh, amount of alcohol they consume is astronomical. Um, so I don't know if we can pull up. I don't remember offhand the exact dollar amount that I think it was the Globe and Mail may have done um, some access to information or some investigation around. But, you know, these are trips where, yeah, he's taking this. This is a work day, but you're flying. Oh, there it is. We did an article on it. Great. 
And yeah. he spent $370,000 on food and $3,200 on booze during six government Airbus trips in 2019. This is And those insane. are supposed to be what, like, wow. Well, us little guys are supposed to be at home working hard and conserving, not eating meat, and probably can't even afford to have alcohol if we wanted. And, and people need to know, it's not a, probably a bar. It's, it's, so it's like their personal bottle. So it's actually usually cheaper because you bring like your own uh, alcohol. So you don't need to go to a bar. But that is incredible. Like $3,600. This is it's just <laughs> blowing my mind. Look at this I, one. I don't know how, First... how they survived to go out of the... <laughs> of the plane after like drinking as much as that <laughs> yeah look at this next article they can't even fit all the alcohol that they want i mean when you're drinking don't carry on what do you expect right that's that bill is going to get racked up very fast and uh so again i just the hypocrisy of the bureaucracy telling us canadians to work hard to pay your your salary while you take a record amount of vacation days and then on the days you're actually working you're just up in the up high in the sky literally high in the sky just drinking and eating probably filet mignon and, and you know the best cuts of meat and steak that you can get because why not you're not paying for it yeah yeah and this is actually this outrageous well and this comes to as you know there's talks around our deputy minister and our minister of finance christia freeland uh is up for apparently there's talks that she may be wanting to take on this nato role she's eyeing a top nato role and there was another part of this particular article that i wanted to highlight um where they, they basically doing that <laughs> <laughs> well they say there's one so um, political science and Patterson chair in international affairs at Carleton University. This guy's name is Stephen Sademan, I think, uh, is how you would pronounce it. He had heard rumors that Freeland was aiming for this top NATO job recently, but he says that she won't get it basically because Canada has, and I'll quote the article, Canada has never lived up to its NATO commitment of dedicating 2% of their GDP to de defense expenditures. So in 2021, the country spent approximately 1.4% of GDP. Um, and, and this is just, oh my, I guess once again, the hypocrisy of the bureaucracy. This is our minister of finance. And I don't necessarily agree with NATO and all of these commitments and things like this. So don't, don't uh, misinterpret what I'm about to say here. But our Minister of Finance cannot even meet the financial requirements that our country has signed onto as part of this globalist NATO agenda. How can she be aiming to, to how can she be eyeing a top role if she can't even meet those commitments as both the finance minister and the deputy minister? It's just astounding to me the um, in, in, incapacity, right? The there's another word that I'm looking for, and it's not not coming to me. Um, <laughs> just incapable, right? Just generally incapable of doing the role that you're in. And then, of course, how can you eye a promotion or another role if you can't even make those those basic commitments? But Christia Freeland, what she wants is just more power. Like mm -hmm. she saw that as an opportunity to probably have more power over, like. Uh, the control of this is actually the military 
for the G, but not the G7 country, but for the, the, the country that are signed for NATO. But mm-hmm. for me, it's like giving her too much power. She don't deserve that. She, she, she probably like would declare a war bigger than what we live on like now. So don't, don't give her yeah. the, the, the space, please. <laughs> well, and it also reminds me of things like, you know, when our chief public health officer, Teresa Tam, also mm-hmm. works for the World Health Organization, right? So it's like, do you work for Canadians or do you work for the globalists? And their yeah. agenda. Do you? Who are you advocating for? Who are you really representing on a global scale? Is it NATO or is it Canadians? So this is always a question that I like to ask and kind of keep in the back of my brain as you see some of these key players switch. You know, it's like musical chairs. They play musical chairs in industry and government and all of these regulatory bodies and international bodies. And so you have to keep a careful eye on who's doing what, where they're going, and what their aims are, because at some point, maybe Christia Freeland is no longer um, representing the best interest of Canadians. She's eyeing up whatever is going to advance her own personal career, and like like you already mentioned, Alexa. So that's really frustrating for someone who's getting paid on mm-hmm. our dime to be just trying to facilitate her own personal gains, not that of Canadians. But I have the impression that all the G- G7 countries have signed up for working for big organizations that are external to their country. So far, like Justin Trudeau is not, it seems that he's not working for Canadian, but some, for, uh, for some organization that is outside because some of the decision that he took, Canadians are not yeah. agreeing with it at all. And I think they're starting to see that. You see them being heckled uh, as they tour across Canada. And I think that they were really out of touch. They were sitting up in their ivory towers during all the lockdowns, the mandates and the restrictions mm-hmm. during COVID. And now that they're back out discussing with what I hope to be the vast majority of the middle class and, and Canadians, all Canadians, what, regardless of your class. But yeah, there's Christia getting you know heckled by an aggressive, aggressive man. But I mean, this isn't like anything that needs a public inquiry or investigation, um, in my opinion. But I wanted to throw to this- I can talk about like our aggression that uh, Ribbon News did receive, but nobody did mention that. When Mm -hmm. I was looking at, okay, the man was angry and probably did like say bad word, but he was like, hopefully it was not physical, but it was just, like, verbal. I can understand that probably that shocked her, but it's not probably the first time that she was uh, harassed or aggressed like that, like, verbally. Yeah. Um, but well, when we look at, like, David Menzi being, like, completely thrown on the wall by uh, uh, Justin Trudeau uh, security, I was just, like, mm-hmm. really... And this is what happens when you behave the way that they that these political leaders have behaved over the last two years, ignoring the concerns of Canadians, disregarding their claims as you know anti anti-vax, anti-mask, far right, 
and not validating that there are very serious issues happening within Canada. That is the direct result of the way that those people, including Christia Freeland, has conducted herself and her government over the last two years. When you ignore people, they're going to feel desperate and they're going to go to extreme measures to be heard because they've been disregarded this whole time. So this is not surprising that this would happen. And not just like in your, they lost their right to be yeah. a normal citizen just because of their choice, their medical choice. They had, they were second class citizen and, mm -hmm. and they lost, like some of them lost their job, lost their business. Uh, some of them like lost people through that, like by suicide and, and other like even like that. So Of course, when, when you do that to some people, yes, of course, they will rebel themselves and being like really angry and really uh, mad about like the government in place that should represent all Canadians as minorities, as people who decide to be like different and take different choice. We should be free to do whatever we want with our body. And so... Mm -hmm. So the fact that they did that is the same like here in province of Quebec. They are like, why you have so much like uh, hate now, like for this election? Oh, hello. Uh, maybe because uh, you treat like people as second class citizen and they lost like a part of their life because of you. Mm -hmm. Well, what's that saying? Desperate times call for desperate measures. Um, so we also have a video of Christia Freeland that we wanted to share with our viewers who might not have seen this out of CPAC yesterday. Let's throw to that. Yes. If I were still a reporter, the headline of my story would be Canadians are working hard. Canadians have real confidence in the long term for our country, real optimism in our country's long term. They're heckling. Canadians Listen. really understand that we have a lot of jobs in the country right now. And Canadians also understand the challenges with the cost of living. When it comes to our government's approach, we are going to continue to take a balanced and careful approach as we have done all of this year. So we understand that the most vulnerable in our society need to be supported. That has been our government's approach since day one, since we formed government in 2015. We also understand right now that our government has a real responsibility to be fiscally responsible. And that was one of the guiding principles of the budget in April. So if I yeah, understand, so if, if, if she was like a journalist, she would just throw some roses like on her, on herself saying like, you did so much a good job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, and it's, yeah, can you imagine that our deputy <laughs> prime minister is, is telling journalists how to write their headlines and the, her headline was garbage. It was the longest, most drawn out. I would never run that as a headline. You want to be clear and concise and Christia Freeland is anything mm -hmm. but clear and concise. But that question or that response rather was in regards to a question one of the reporters asked her there about the Bank of Canada you know foreseeing more interest hikes and how they were going to deal with inflation and the increasing cost of living
living with Canadians. And the whole clip, um, you can search it on the CP or the CPAC uh, Twitter account, or probably just source it directly from them, their website or the YouTube channel. But the whole clip was was really worth worth watching because she just they just go around and around and around in these circles. And he says at the end, so you're basically just telling Canadians to ride it out right hope for the best at the end but ride it out and she was like no that's not what I'm saying we are going to keep talking about this today and tomorrow and where has that ever gotten anyone let's just let's just keep talking about it we're not going to offer you any tangible solutions we're we're just going to keep have having these discussions and then we'll keep getting paid right on again your dime but you have to make sure that you get out there and you work hard if you're able to find a job because in a lot of places and sectors there's still these mandates in in place that Canadians obviously have taken a stand against especially as those third and fourth boosters continue to be pushed and rolled out on them the whole thing is just I mean you get what you voted for I guess at this point Canadians so thank a liberal well, me, I'm not a fan of uh, Christian Freeland, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I think you and me else. both, Alexa. I, I, uh? I think you and me both. <laughs> it's fair to say. Yeah, exactly. So I, I prefer not saying anything. When you have nothing like good to say, you probably sometimes like need to uh, mute yourself. <laughs> Yeah, when you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. But we can criticize and critique what they're doing and how lackluster their policies are. So that's uh, oh, yeah. what we're doing here. We do have a few um, super chats. So maybe I'll just Ooh. get to those. We are going to change, I think, the structure of the live stream in the next couple of days where we'll we'll group together the super chats before and or after ad breaks. But today, um, I'm just going to go through and read them now and maybe our producers can chime in uh, behind the scenes and let me know if that's if that's kosher. So AMT60 gives $1. Thank you. I get emails from Dr. Mark Trossi's website. He says the new bivalent booster jabs have been tested on eight mice and zero humans. Okay, so this is COVID stuff. And we actually are going to get to this toward the end of the live stream. We have some articles to discuss. So hold that thought because we are going to get there, but we'll have to get off of YouTube. So if you're just joining us here and you're on YouTube, when we get into the nitty gritty and we question the science and criticize and critique it, we'll have to get off of YouTube. So join us on one of those other platforms, Rumble, Odyssey, or Getter. And then, of course, you can see our full uncensored commentary because on YouTube, unfortunately, due to their community standards, the Ministry of Truth, we have to be careful with what we say. So... Uh, stay tuned for the very end. Noble Canadian also gives a dollar. Thank you. Brother visited friends in States when he crossed the Windsor-Detroit border. They didn't even ask him about his back status or arrive can. They waved him through like normal. Got a good border guard, I would say. So he visited in the States. So I don't, I'm a little bit confused if he went, was going into the States or he returned from there into Canada. I'm assuming. Because... Going to the state is, is fine. You don't need yeah. to. Like, you don't need can or to show anything. They, like, they don't care in the United States. They are pretty, pretty, like, cool about it. Oh, he gives another dollar. Thank you. So he says, however, he's going to Europe at the end of September. So I wonder what will happen when he returns as he does not have a cell phone. Well, I think that that's, you know, fair. I don't have a cell phone. I have no way of downloading this app. Give me the paper documentation, um, if that's a thing. And I, I, 
the only thing I always worry about when there's no cell phone present is that you have no way of recording what happens. So whenever you're in a confrontational situation or you're questioning authority, it's always good to have something ready to start recording because then it, that's for your own safety and for the accountability of whoever that elect that that person that you're interacting with um, and, to have some accountability and at, for at that. At the end, it's it's your word against their word, and most yes. of the time, your word have less value. So I would say it's important to have like something to keep in mind, like whatever it is, just small device that you can even if, provide yourself. Yeah, it was a voice. Yeah a voice recorder or something like that. Um, but before we get off the topic of the bureaucracy, we have a small Freudian slip to also share here from Melanie Jolie. If we could just throw to that quick clip before an ad break. Of course, I would like to start by saying that um, my heart is with all the family and loved ones of the victims of the Saskatchewan shooting. Saskatchewan shooting, Saskatchewan shooting, Saskatchewan shooting. Um. So that's our Minister of Foreign Affairs, right? And this is the same government that's always touting transparency and misinformation and disinformation. And then there they are, right at the top, spreading straight up misinformation. So we know, for anyone who's not familiar, the, the horrific and extremely tragic stabbing very clear here. This was a stabbing that happened in Saskatchewan. These these two um, known criminals, one of them was very well known, I think to the RCMP or the local police, I can't recall exactly, but he was very well known to local law enforcement as a criminal. And they went on this stabbing spree um, a few days ago in Saskatchewan. And then when, when, our, when our elected officials are speaking about this, they call it a shooting. And of course, we know that that's right lined up with what they want to do with the gun bans and the gun control here in our country. So it makes sense that although this may be an honest mistake or a Freudian slip, this is exactly in line with what the Liberals want to impose on law-abiding, gun-owning Canadians. She didn't like correct herself or she didn't like come back with an, like, I don't know saying, oh, sorry, made a mistake, no. You know, I, that's interesting. I wonder if she has made a pub, any sort of public correction between um, now and then. I don't, I don't see anything. It would be very nice to see that in the, in the honor of transparency, that Melanie Jolie, our Minister of Foreign Affairs, would come forward and apologize publicly for the spreading of her misinformation. That would be transparent mm -hmm. government. Yeah, I don't think we can I expect that. We from, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we can expect that. I think All we right, have so, a break. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go to this ad break, and it is a TDF event. So the Democracy Fund is hosting on September 22nd. Rex Murphy, he's a National Post columnist, and um, Conrad Black, who's a civil liberties historian. And uh, so on September 22nd at 7.30, they will be presenting the history of civil liberties live and in person. And I said that it's hosted by the Democracy Fund and tickets are a very modest $11. And I don't know if there will be a Zoom option available to people, but go on either the Democracy Fund or I think we have a link as well under our events on the rebelnews.com page. Regardless, here's a quick ad about that event that you will surely not want to miss. 
other than your friends at Rebel News, who are the best journalists in Canada? Well, obviously, it's Rex Murphy and Conrad Black. They're amazing. Conrad Black, the founder of the National Post and its lead columnist, Rex Murphy, one of the wisest and funniest conservative critics in the country. Oh, I love both of those guys. Imagine spending dinner with not one, but both of them. Well, you can or even just come to a discussion between the two men. Here's what I'm talking about. On September 22nd, the Democracy Fund is hosting an amazing evening with Conrad Black and Rex Murphy. It's going to start out with a wine and cheese reception. Then it's going to have the two men in conversation for 90 minutes. And then afterwards, for those who like, a private dinner with Conrad Black and Rex Murphy, and I'll be there too. And I don't know, I'm, I'm excited about it. There is going to be a lot of intellectual horsepower there. Uh, and two fascinating guys. If you're interested, you can find out all the details at the link below or at the democracyfund.ca slash events. The prices start at just 11 bucks. If you're not in the Toronto area, you can watch online on Zoom, the conversation. If you are in the Toronto area, come on out. You can buy a ticket just for the conversation between the two men. They're on stage. You can get a ticket for the wine and cheese beforehand or come to the sit-down dinner afterwards, sort of the after-party with Rex Murphy and Conrad Black, and I will be there. Apologies if I'm a de uh, deterrent for you buying a ticket. I'm kidding around. It's going to be a great night. I'll see you there. September 22nd, the Democracy Fund. Find out more at thedemocracyfund.ca slash events or click the link below. Tickets start at 11 bucks, and they go up to 250 if you want that sit-down dinner with Rex and Conrad afterwards. The Democracy Fund, of course, being a CRA-registered charity, so your money goes towards a good cause. All right, we'll see you on September 22nd. That's thedemocracyfund.ca. Come for dinner with Rex Murphy. That looks like such oh. a fun event. Uh, I, I actually, I was like looking where, where, where is the event, like where... But it's in Toronto. Maybe I can make Whitby. it there. Yeah, it's a little bit closer, about half an hour um, east of Toronto. So a little bit closer to your end. But um, I, yeah, that would be great. It's always nice to see. We're so spread out here at Rebel that sometimes, you know, we get to interact with our colleagues only on the phone and voice calls or sorry, video calls. So it's so nice to get together in person and have those chats and engage with other intellectuals as, as Ezra mentioned. Um, I think this is going to be a very powerful duo mm -hmm. and a, a powerful talk and discussion. So I'm really looking forward to it. I actually have to mark it in my calendar myself and you get to mingle and meet rebels. So that's always yeah. a really good time. The, Can the Canada yeah. Christian College is also a beautiful venue. They have a great space, great setup. Uh, we've I've gone to a few events there over the last year and a half, and um, they're always really well done, well, really well executed. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna try to make it and like uh, meet like as well like some some people from um, our supporters. So it would be fun, and you would be there probably, Tamara. Oh, I think so. Yeah, I'm not too far. So it's it's convenient and, and easy for me to get there. So I always try to, to get out to those sorts of events and mingle in person. Like I said, it's so nice. And we missed out on so much of that over the last two years. Well, I mean, I didn't really because I didn't comply. But you weren't having and hosting the events that 
that we are now and prior in 2019. So, you know, we had our own mingles and our own gatherings, but um, to, to go to such a venue and a large scale event like that, I would not miss it, especially after the last two years. All right. So to our next little topic here, discrimination and climate change among risks to Canadian children. Can you believe it, Alexa? There's a report here um, or a study from charity organization Children First Canada that says preventable and accidental injuries are the leading cause of death among kids 14 and under, and that poor mental health is also putting kids at risk. I mean, is it any surprise that we've devastated these children over the last two years and now all of a sudden it's like, oh no, their mental health is suffering and putting them at risk? I was literally saying this in by the end of May or the, the beginning to middle of May of 2020. Like you guys have shuttered all the parks. Everything's roped off with police tape. These kids have no outlets. Their schools are shut down. Their extracurriculars are all closed. The parks are roped off with police mm-hmm. tape like that's so anxiety inducing for a small child and now um we're surprised that poor mental health is putting them at risk and uh have you seen that they say climate change yeah <laughs> yeah so down there um back in in that article oh i don't know like. where exactly it was but <laughs> i have the impression that up. now the climate change would be like before it was like, you know, COVID was responsible of every single thing that was happening on our health, our um, uh, mental health, uh, everything that was happening was COVID. And now everything was, will happen or is happening is because of climate change. Yeah, of and, course. You know, there are many of us who started to sound that alarm, right? That the COVID lockdowns are actually the precursor to the climate lockdowns because we saw how squashed travel became throughout the COVID lockdowns, that that makes sense that the next step in this agenda of climate alarmism is the fact that look how easily we can lock everything down and stop traffic and air travel and all of these different ways that people get around and communicate and mingle. Um, so yeah, it makes sense that the climate lockdowns, and we're seeing that in Europe, and it's under the guise of, you know, mm-hmm. the sanctions on Russia and the energy and the and the oil and gas crisis. Um, but we're seeing it happening now in real time. And there was many people who are obviously just conspiracy theorists who said, mm-hmm. no, no, the COVID lockdowns are paving the way for the climate lockdowns. It was a really... Um, helpful exercise in how to efficiently lock down your society, in my opinion. And then in this article, climate change made the list of its own category uh, because Children First Canada says child acute bronchitis linked to wildfires is on the rise. (laughs) So like this is the mediocre justification that they give to relating um, climate change as a health risk to children. (laughs) <laughs> no, they it's, try to cover something up. I will say it like later, but uh, for me, it's, it's a cover up. But yeah, the thing is like, if everybody is like interesting, um, nogreenreset.com, it's the new campaign that we launched. And I really invite everybody because <clears throat> it's really worth it. I have interview with really uh, high specialists in energy that work for government. So one was working for 
the Commission of Energy at the EU Parliament. And Robert Lehman did work for nine prime ministers in Canada about energy. So um, what they are talking about is like every report that you receive, like you heard about it, it's a politic report. It's not about the scientist report that they, they write it. It's a, a completely different of what the scientists and the expert write and the report that have been released in the society. This is actually the political report. And this is really important to do the difference between both of them because most of the political report is mostly based for fear. Like, and they, they, yeah. they take the information that they want from the scientist's report and they, they make it like for just spread what they want to spread with the information that is inside of the report. So if you want nogreenreset.com, I think it's really important that people are aware of the new green energy and as well the repercussion of uh, what will happen in our society, especially for the economy and our energy too. Like I don't want to freeze mm -hmm. out during winter because I cannot like pay my bill of electricity. Right. Or what's happening, you know, for instance, in Germany right now is that they're being told to conserve energy and for instance, that they can't even take showers. They're being told that they need to use washcloths uh, to, under the guise of conserving energy and, you know, conserving water. And, and mm -hmm. do you really think that all the bureaucrats like Justin Trudeau liberals who jet set across the globe and pop bottles and eat the steak. Do you think that they're going to do any sort of green reset or, um, or limit themselves in terms of consumption? I don't think so. No, never. <laughs> and I like that you alluded. Eat, like, stick, like steak and like, they just enjoy it. And just like, we, they will watch us like with our crickets. <laughs> <laughs> you must eat the bugs. I will not be eating bugs. Alexa, you're brave. You've eaten some bugs, right? Well, what do you, what's your takeaway on those bugs and the flavor? No, but it just bugs. is just disgusting. I would say they, they just uh, <laughs> taste like soil, you know, like actually that is, is the taste of it. Like I never sign up in my life to say like, oh yeah, I, I really want to chew like soil and grass like in my life. <laughs> So no, I'm, I'm really against it. And people, if I'm doing it, it's not because I like it. It's just because I want a reaction from the people and say, and push that, that people just realize that we, it's not what you want. It, because, yeah. you know, we saw a lot of company um, now using crickets for uh, ingredients, for more protein and some like juice that you buy. It's dyed with uh, bugs as well. So they try to hide, not hide it, but put it slowly into your uh, food. So creating a normalization and afterwards you would just say, but why I will say no when it's already in my diet? So for why, why, why not say yes? It's why, it's what they want. They want to mm -hmm. slowly integrate, integrate it. So you just say, okay, why not? 
yeah, I've been eating it all along. So, hey, let me add the cricket powder into my muffins. Or I know that there's a lot of people in the health community that have already yeah. been substituting this cricket powder. Like cricket flour is not a new thing. It's been around for at least a few years. I remember hearing about it a few years ago. And especially, you know, these the vegan communities, right? It's all the rage because I guess they like the, the taste mm. of soil and, and grass. Um, but, but uh, you know, we don't want to... The thing is, is that we should probably, if, if you're interested to learn about how you've already been consuming bugs and byproducts and some weird ingredients, you know, look at, for instance, natural flavor. There's some really concerning weird things about where that's derived from. Um, also, is synthetic vanilla. So I think it's called, so you can buy pure vanilla, which is from the vanilla bean, or you can buy vanilla extract. And so there's like, there's a weird uh, ingredient there. I think it's the, the anal glands of beetles that that's derived from. So there's really weird stuff that's already happening that's been in your food for a long time. But I think this is good to have this discussion and for people to start to recognize and realize that this, you've already been consuming this stuff if you were otherwise unaware. Um, so to start reading labels. Oh yeah, beaver, yeah, beaver butt glands for vanilla flavoring. Yeah, oh, like, oh, I always yes. buy the, yes. the, the pure vanilla, but for a while there, pure vanilla was crazy expensive. I was paying like, $40 for a bottle at Costco. And now it's back down to normal. I think it's like 12 to $20. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, these, there's a really weird ingredients and it's really great to see more people now becoming conscious and aware that this stuff has been going on for years and to check labels and research, right? Always information is ammo, research, 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 every little thing. I always urge people, if you don't believe us, go out and just search for yourself. And then you can at least make an informed choice. Yeah, I went huh. to the grocery and I found seven Jews on the road with like, I, I think it's called uh, Coachella, Coachella, yes. um, and it, this is dying from bugs. And I was like, okay, cranberry juice is dying with that. Some of them, but not like um, o o ocean spray, because this is actually made with real cranberry, but some like that is like no name, the... It's not, it's, it's, it seems like it's maybe white cranberry that they die with like insect or something like that. But yeah, I, I like oh, gold is, is yeah. using it. Uh, I saw Fritopia, the red uh, Fritopia one is using it. So for me, just like it's your health that is at stake now. And you mm -hmm. probably um, be more careful. Like I, I did buy um, chocolate milk chocolate and i saw that mm -hmm. what was this like carigena or something like that on it carigena I, yes yeah it's a Terrible. freaking seaweed and, well, and, and it's, it's not highly, good for elk yeah it's highly carcinogenic and they add it to everything it's like a thickener um so a lot of the health foods and like you know your coconut milks your hemp milk all of these alternative milk products are always have carrageenan or other thickeners and weird things added in there that literally contribute to stomach cancer and tumors they're they're highly carcinogenic products and um yeah seaweed but also the fact that once it's refined and processed, it becomes this carcinogen. Yeah, there's carrageenan. Um, that's in so many health foods. So, you know, you think you're making the right choice and you're being healthy and you're eating mm -hmm. wholesome foods and ingredients. And then you find out later, like, oh, I potentially fed my kid this carcinogenic ingredient from the time that they were a little toddler until I knew better, right? So it's really sad that uh, the companies can get away with this. But 
Anyway, back to the climate thing and, and being a health threat now. Uh, we also just want to touch quickly on the fact that uh, Switzerland, for instance, they are looking toward potentially jailing anyone who keeps their room heated above 19 what? degrees Celsius. <laughs> so this is what I'm talking about, the climate lockdowns and these, these restrictions that can be so, as we've seen over the last two years, so easily placed onto people under threats of jail time. So in this article, um, the fines could be handed out for violators. They could be approximately $40, an equivalent of $40 Canadian on a daily basis. The maximum fine could be up to 3000 Swiss francs, so over $4,000 Canadian. But there was somewhere else in here that they actually said that they could face jail time. Right. Uh, anyone who heats their rooms above 19 degrees Celsius could be put in jail for up to three years, according to uh, a local Switzerland publication, Swiss publication. Like this is just, and how long until this, you know, affects and infiltrates into other areas of the world? This is concerning. Yeah. So but I think it, we're going to go- This is what is coming. Like, especially with like the fact that, especially in Canada, because we say, oh, but we are fine in Canada because we have a lot of energy. But now, as you know, Quebec has banned the extraction and exploration of fossil fuel as uh, mm. natural gas and like coal or um, petrol. But the, the fact is, it's like now they want to create a new um, energy that is uh, green hydrogen, but using electricity when we have Electricity, yes, we have a lot, but now we are correct to give enough to every citizen. And same like in a publication from, I think it's uh, Fitzgibbon, it's, it's um, the Minister of uh, Economy and um, Innovation in, in Quebec, that I think it did tweet, but I'm not sure, don't take my word for granted, but that we had like a, a lack of, electricity that we should like be careful and that is not long time ago and so I'm just like you know what oh you will afford to create hydrogen with like this electricity if you have like already some problem to afford to give enough to citizens well I don't think you can you can question the science Alexa you have to just trust the science you can't question it because then you're a far-right bigot so you can't even question them about it you just have to comply no questions asked yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to go to a small ad break. And then I think we'll get after we come back from uh, the ad break, we're going to talk about some Quebec stuff. And then we're going to take another ad break and get into some COVID nitty gritty. So if you haven't joined us on those other platforms, head on over to Rumble, Getter, Odyssey, and Super Chat us. Let us know what you think of the live stream so far. If you have any feedback for us, anything you'd like us to look into. So we're going to take a quick ad break and we'll get on some Quebec topics with our Quebec correspondent. Yes. Are you liking the banter on our live stream that you're watching right now? If so, you should know that you can get exclusive Rebel News content by going to rebelnewsplus.com. You'll get special shows from my colleagues Sheila Gunn-Reed, Ezra Levant, as well as the Menzoid Menzies. And you'll also get to view our exclusive documentaries, including the one that tells you the truth of what was actually discovered, at least what is known to be discovered so far at the Kamloops Indian Residential School. Take a look at the trailer. 
Well, the remains of 215 children have been found in a mass grave in Canada. Many of you know that just over a year ago, the discovery of the remains of 215 children was found at the Kamloops Indian Residential School at the Kamloops Shiswemek First Nation. But what if I were to show you that what I just said wasn't true, and that in fact, a year later, not a single body has been found? This mass grave is a painful reminder of the genocide. Canada's leaders aren't condemning the burning of churches. No, they're endorsing the burning of churches. A juvenile rib bone that surfaced in the same area. You'd be surprised the number of people who say, you know, I'm a doctor, I'm a paramedic. This is definitely a human bone, and it's hmm. definitely a doctor. Looks like a chief. Yes. Oh, I have shivers. Yeah, me too. I actually like really want to see that that one because it's a topic that really interests me. Yeah, well, Andrea is so great at just prevent presenting the facts, and she does it in such an eloquent manner. Um, so I'm really excited to see this final polished result and what they all the nitty gritty, the nuances that they discovered in this investigation, super thorough and in depth. And I'm really looking forward to seeing it. So Alexa, we're running out of time and I know we want to get to this COVID stuff. Do you just want to yep. spend like two minutes on the, the Quebec stuff that we are going to touch on? Yeah, of course. So I would be pretty quick. Uh, what is happening is like, but as you know, like we are in election, the vote will be the 3rd of October. Mr. Legault recently said that uh, vaccine passport will not come back. Yeah, that is, um, they say that they were not thinking about it. And, but he say we'll see, but, uh, um, but that it, it was say in one of the um, meeting with the five leader uh, in, I think we, we call it Radio Canada. I think it's CBC um, for English. And uh, recently we, uh, but recently, I think it's uh, this morning or yesterday that, oh, now they dig on, on the Conservative Party, but because as you say, I, as you know, like Conservative Party, it's like uh, the party that we should not vote for. They try to <laughs> yeah. discriminate the, that, uh, that party so hard. So now they find out that five of their candidates did donate to the Freedom Convoy. And that seems to be really a big trouble and big problem. And they will probably like uh, use that against the Conservative Party and probably against the um, the people that are candidate. But what the point is, is like it's your money. Why you cannot do whatever you want with your money? It's especially since like it had been proved that the uh, no donor from the convoy was coming from some like organization or some like uh, white foreign interests or yeah. anything. So, and, and at the end, nobody, like, I know that so many like information was spread about like the convoy that they, they, they were violent and they destroyed the place and everything, but it's not true. I spent like the entire months there and people were shoveling mm -hmm. the snow, cleaning the garbage, making sure that everybody was feed as the homeless so for me yeah. it's just like okay you encourage something you encourage your value especially because probably uh, a lot of the candidates of um, Mr. Diem have suffered 
uh, during the pandemic. Some had like some uh, business that needed to close down. Some of them like saw their family be- being breaking down and probably like they don't talk to each other anymore. So it's, it's all people who did suffer, who were close to people to listen their story. And probably they support the Freedom Convoy because that was going into their value to support what they want. And whatever, like if some people did bad stuff during the Freedom Convoy, but that's individual responsibility and not like the movement of the mm-hmm. Freedom Convoy that was peaceful. And they didn't block the place when I was there. Yeah. A road, a road was always free for mm-hmm police car or like urgent urgency as like ambulance or or if people needed to pass a street was free in almost everywhere so Mm -hmm. they actually comply to the demand from the city and afterwards we just like use um to just destroy and and discriminate that 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 movement but i i just found that sad that our media did go as far as that to release that to just to hurt that party when they don't do that for other the the, the for other party. Yeah, it just goes to show you that it's political science, not actual science, guiding this whole narrative with COVID and the convoy and so much again, so much misinformation from the government, from the mainstream media, who's just their parrots essentially. Um, about, you know, this being an illegal blockade, because as you said, there was always one lane open. Okay, maybe it was an inconvenience, but protesting has never been for your convenience. It's inconvenient because the protesters are also being inconvenienced. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there protesting. Um, Okay, so we're going to go for one other quick ad break. But when we come back, we will not be coming back onto YouTube because we're going to quickly wrap this up with a few COVID a small COVID discussion. We'll get to a bunch of these uh, super chats that we have in the queue as well. So one last ad break, and I think we'll go over a little bit. So here's the ad break, and we'll come back on one of those other platforms, Rumble, Odyssey, or Getter. Awesome. And I'm wearing one of our shirts, Rebel with a Cause. Also, I think a bestseller. I hope it is anyway, because it's one of my faves. Um, Alexa, I know that we both have scheduled interviews right after this. So we'll try to run through this really quickly. I'm going to get to these super chats because there's a bunch of them now. Thank you for everyone who's uh, gone and engaged with us. So Deep Center Press gives $2. Thank you very much. Um, Rebel keeps me informed from Indiana in the States. Keep rocking. Oh. Awesome. It's so nice to know we have support from outside of Canada. Adam in Ottawa gives $1. An anti-gender mayoral candidate is pledging to pave 25 years worth of bicycle lanes in Ottawa in her spelling is correct first term. This is the type of thing that triggers climate anxiety. Yeah. Oh, I don't even, we don't even have enough time to really touch on the magnitude of that. Um, I guess we'll see if they get elected. 
right? When let's see what happens at the at the ballot box. Um, Noble Canadian gives twenty dollars. Thank you for that. This is for Rebel, since some um, I think you meant to say politicians are so scared to talk to you, i.e., Trudeau, etc. Good report, Alexa. On they go. Who didn't ride his own bus? There you go. Ottawa and Adam Ottawa, sorry, gives another dollar. Booster Juice currently uses a whey product to add protein to their products. Want to bet they'll be using crickets soon? Yeah, I I wouldn't place a bet because it's not even worth betting. I don't doubt that they will. Or um, Yeah. Oh, oh, Alexa, you have one there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, my son would be so freaked out. He's like scorpions <laughs> are his thing. I don't know what. I don't know where it came from, but. Um, King7734 gives $1 WTF. So what the is wrong with their comprehension? If global warming or climate change is a reality, why conserve water? Didn't climate alarmists predict we'd be underwater by now? Yes, very true. We'd be underwater. We'd have no oil. All these doomsday predictions, they've never come true. They haven't come to fruition. And again, further reinforced by the whole COVID narrative. All of these predictions and the modeling, I think it was the Neil Ferguson models that were like very early on parroted by the media and government in March 2020. None of that ever came to fruition. So why are we still trusting these same doomsday predictors for all the things from climate change to water crisis to oil and gas shortage slash just being gone completely? I think we were supposed to be done with oil and gas in the early 2000s. I don't even remember now, but... we're, we're well beyond the cusp of what they originally predicted. And, and um, especially, like, don't forget that before, in the past, we had, like, the Pangaea that was, like, one continent, and they mm-hmm. had no, like, pole north or pole south, and we were not, like, like drowning under the water. We, like, they had no ice, and the planet was okay, and the water was there. So, like, people is kind of, like, over-panicking right now because it's normal that we have, like, some heat wave and after that, like, yes, like, frozen wave. And this is actually the normal step for the planet. But, yeah, some people, like, seems that it's, they use that against us. <laughs> Right. It's changes in weather pattern and it ebbs and flows and there are natural progressions and things that change. Um, And so, yeah, it may be climate change that's a naturally occurring thing that historically we can reference and determine that this is bound to happen. And I don't Mm -hmm. think we need the climate alarmism, but fear sells. Right. They love this. They they prey on your fear because that's how they get you to comply with whatever it is, the flavor of the day, the agenda to uh that they would like to facilitate as you know those ivory tower dwellers not us little guys the plebs on the ground here Mm -hmm. Uh, we have to eat the bugs (laughs) um let's see hey the done gives one dollar i predict more and more people voluntarily choosing jail over paying rent heat and groceries yeah or what about the assisted death thing now that the trudeau liberals are pushing on everyone that's extremely easy to access our healthcare system's in crisis because of all the restrictions mm-hmm. and things that the government has imposed onto the workers. Um, so sometimes for some people who are in desperate situations, it seems like a, an appropriate out. And it's really sad, really sad to see. 
Uh, Canadian Mom 1997 gives $1. Can Rebel News look into this? Trudeau is spending $12,000 a month on groceries and we are paying for this. Even bills for stuff bought at the dollar store. I have not heard this myself. So uh, I don't know if you have a tip or you can substantiate that amount at all. Um, please send it, send it in to us, info at rebelnews.com um, mm-hmm. or myself, Tamara at rebelnews.com um, or Alexa. I don't know. What's your email address, uh, Alexa, Alex- if you want to give it? Ale- Alexandra at rebelnews.com because my, my name in Rebel is Alexa, but my real name is Alexandra. Woo! Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> and then we have one last um, super chat, and we'll hopefully touch quickly on a couple of these last COVID topics. Not two teas gives five dollars. Thank you. I like to listen to Rebel to know what to know what's what. Like learning my vanilla came from a beaver's butt. Oh, what a nice little haiku <laughs> that is. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. We should, we should After that, you cry and, and you just like jingle. throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> throw away your fake vanilla, buy the real stuff or make your own. I, I, from what I gather, it's not overly difficult. Um, okay. So, oh, 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 make cookie with it and just bring it to Justin Trudeau and say like, this is your <laughs> beaver butt. <laughs> <laughs> Here, have some beaver butt cookies. <laughs> oh my gosh. That would be so fun. All right, so there's this article that a cardiologist says she's seeing a rise in 20-somethings with heart arrhythmias caused by herbal supplements. You guys, it can't be these new novel injections that are shown in real time to contribute to cardiovascular issues. No, no, it has to be these herbal supplements. Um, Of course, this comes from some California-based cardiologist. I don't know they say it somewhere in the article. She's in California. So no surprise there. Um, but in here, I found it really interesting that they allude to the fact that there's not a lot of regulatory oversight on these sorts of products and there's no studies and you know, they, the science and this and that. And I'm thinking in my mind, you know, well, what about the science, the studies, the oversight on all of these novel injections that they've rolled out and pushed indiscriminately on all of these 20 somethings, I mean, I've reported extensively on the risk of myocarditis with data analyst Kelly Brown, who literally just takes government's own data. And we know there's issues with the data, with the way that it's presented and the rate of underreporting and the things get misconstrued and coincidentally reported as something other than myocarditis. But he takes just the government's raw data. And he has found alarming incidences based on their own data, especially specifically Public Health Ontario, the risk of myocarditis for youth, and especially the 20-something, you know, 17 to 24, and as we get into those younger ages as well. It's just, it's just madness that this is being conflated and related. Yeah, there's one of them. I think there's like three or four reports in total, but if you click through my web copy, uh, the written p- portion, you should be able to find the links to all the previous reports in there. Um, if you, if you, I just think it's madness that they are conflating and correlating this to anything other than the novel injections that we've never had before on our population and saying it's these herbal supplements. I mean, what is even going on in people's brains at this point? Mm-hmm. But I, as, as I say, like before jumping on, uh, out of the uh, YouTube, now they would use, and you would see it increasing, that they would use so many uh, like natural habit or stuff that we do in 
our life as a cause of myocarditis or um, cardiac problem as like climate change. Uh, now it's like about natural produce and soon it will be what uh, the light will like create. Like if you overeat, can create you a micro, uh, myocarditis, <laughs> yeah. like, you know? If you, like, have, if you have too many naps, Alexa. Yeah, exactly. So the point is they know that they need to cover something up because why we see so much like um, myocarditis or cardiac like problem and, and, and it, it just sky skyrocketing like the, the number of people recently who, who suffer from it and they just like, oh, okay, how we can hide that from which kind of problem that's come from. But we will see like so much of these like study who actually say that this is not good for you or this is not good for you. You can have some, you can be at risk. But for me, it's just like adding something. And before we touch something else, remember the question about like uh, the, um, from our viewer that was saying that three mice and yeah, yeah, the three mice, yeah. So yeah, so we'll end on this clip actually. And I, before we get to the clip, I just want to say, and maybe Alexa, if you want to say any final remarks before we end on this clip of Fauci discussing these new bivalent uh, vaccines, I, I call them vaccines, quote unquote. Sometimes I say that word just because you know, that's what they're commonly referred to. But personally, I don't believe these to be in line with a traditional vaccine, uh, just to be very clear on that. But <clears throat> these bivalent boosters, so they're specific to Omicron and the variants and this and that. So they were tested literally on eight mice. That's it. There was no human clinical trials. There's no backed up long-term safety data I mean, I don't, I'm not sure offhand how long they followed the eight mice for, but I imagine it was just a, a mere few weeks. Uh, that seems to be kind of typical. And now the way that the FDA has actually changed their oversight process is the, so they can just quickly authorize these under the emergency use authorization to get them out quickly to the public under the guise of we have a new health threat because of the new variant. And so we have this, these new vaccines again, quote unquote, vaccines that were tested on eight mice. And before we head off, thank you for everyone who's joined us today on the, the daily live stream. I'm Tamara Uglini, my beautiful colleague in Quebec, Alexa Lavoie. Um, we're going to show you a clip from oh. what Fauci has to say about this with uh, CBC, a state broadcaster. And then we're just gonna, we're going to cut the live stream after that. So Alexa, do you have any final remarks? Yeah, I think we just received like um, a super chat. Oh, just okay. like before before leaving. Oh yes, okay. The grouchy fish gives five dollars. Um, a young Canadian, a young hockey player for the Air Centennials died between the second and third period two weeks ago. Yeah, I heard about this. Devastating. Um, you know what I would love to see is more families of these affected people come forward and speak publicly on yeah. uh, demand autopsy and then come forward and speak publicly on the results because this is not normal, right? Sad, sudden adult death. We know that SIDS as well, the history of that has questionable associations there, 
But now we have SADS and this is not normal and we cannot normalize that a healthy, fit, young hockey player would die on the ice playing in the middle of a period. This is, it's, it's heartbreaking and devastating. And someone needs to start coming forward to speaking publicly on this. Um, so if you're a parent or your family member, you know someone who has had this happen or you know this family, please reach out to us. I would love to get this information out to the Canadian public in a verified, credible way. Um, so that being said, this these new injections were authorized based on the study of eight mice. Look at what Fauci has to say. Join us next week. So when you have a uh, updated vaccine that serves as a boost, as it were, and it's directed against the dominant circulating strain that's in society, you have every reason to believe that that is going to be better than having a vaccine that isn't highly specific to the circulating strain. It hasn't been proven in a clinical trial because we don't have time to do a clinical trial because we need to get the vaccine out now because we have such a situation throughout the world and certainly in the United States. We're having 400 deaths per day and up to 5,000 hospitals a day, hospitalizations. And that's predominantly very, very heavily weighted towards BA4-5. We are moving towards a cadence that for most people likely will be requiring a yearly annual updating of a vaccine in order to account for what will be the inevitable waning of immunity. There are people over the last number of years who have become uh, vaccine hesitant. There are people who have become outright anti-vaxxers. There are people who believe conspiracy theories. The idea of the vaccine itself has become highly polarized and highly political. How concerned are you about uptake for something like what you just spoke about or even the, the bivalent vaccines? Well, obviously, the idea of vaccine hesitancy or even outright anti-vaxxing is something that we're really concerned about uh, here in the United States and in many respects throughout the world. We have to do much more effort in communicating in simple terms what the scientific data is. And if we can get people to just appreciate what the evidence is and not conspiracy theory, not made up things, but what the real evidence is, it points very strongly towards getting vaccinated and also keeping up with your boosters. If 